Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name is Tyler and I am your host. I'm joined as always by my co-hosts and brothers, Brian. How's it going, everybody? And Jeffrey. Hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. I think what I'm going to start doing is doing introductions like they do in other podcasts or in like talk radio where they introduce the first person and then they have like a little conversation and the third person has to just sit there silently until they're introduced you know i think i'm gonna start doing that um i'm doing good how are you guys doing i'm fantastic doing well. on my end yeah yeah merry christmas to both of you guys happy holidays uh, happy holidays to everyone uh who doesn't celebrate christmas or does hanukkah kwanzaa nothing at all everything in between yeah whatever the jehovah's witness celebrate they don't i don't think no do they do funerals? Like, I guess that can be considered like a celebration. Do of Do people life, die right? if they're Jehovah's Witness? Mm, that's a good question. It's really deep. I, have, I haven't looked into that. Do you no. believe Speaking in reincarnation? Of... Do you even celebrate death, or do you just start looking for like your husband and newborn animals? Is that you, Carl? Is that you <laughs> over there? Bah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this week we are taking a look at. Uh, the matrix uh what is it called resurrections yes the newest matrix film uh directed by only one of the wachowski sisters not sure which one i think it was lana um yeah, starring correct. keanu reeves carrie ann moss jessica uh, henwick jessica henwick yaya abdul mateen one of the greatest names anyone has ever had <laughs> incredible <laughs> i love saying it <laughs> um i think it's actually yaya abdul mateen the second or the third or something like that it's just it's amazing <laughs> um yeah uh and uh jonathan groff from mindhunter and neil patrick harris from doogie hauser fame from um, how i met your mother how i met your mother barney stinson himself um yeah, I mean, as always, we're just going to do a quick, would we recommend this movie, uh, and then jump into spoilers. I'm going to go first this time and say, no, <laughs> no, I would not. If if this movie did not have all of the Matrix like mythology built into it, like as a completionist, obviously I had to see this movie. And I think a lot, if you've seen all the other ones, you might as well watch this because it's interesting to go back to the world and see what they did with it. And there's a chance that you might like it. Some people are liking it, but for me, no, do not recommend this movie. Uh, Brian. Um, completely disagree. I, I would say it's a big recommend for me. If you've watched the other three, I came in with huge reservations and came out pleasantly surprised. I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's a major yeah. theme here, right? I mean, I think that, as as we review all our films, anyone you have massive expectations, it's harder for you to recommend that film because it's impossible for for certain films to live up to certain expectations. With some exclusions, I would say Spider Man probably surpassed a lot of expectations, even though everyone had a lot of them. Um, yeah, with Spider Man, well, we'll get into it, but I'm going to compare this movie to Spider Man quite heavily. Okay, so. um, but I I also went to this movie without any expectations and and enjoyed it. I mean, obviously there was random bullshit that I didn't like, but it's the same bullshit I didn't like about any of the Matrix movies, um, even even the very first one. Like the fact that uh, I don't know. We'll talk about more about the film without even I, I can talk about it without spoilers. But That's good. so wait, Jeff, do you say you did recommend it? I do recommend it. I think it's right. just as good as Matrix two or three. Obviously, if you're a hard fan of the first film like Tyler is, and you refuse to watch the second and third like Tyler did, I saw I watched them. You watched them recently. recently. 
but you would yeah. refuse to watch them when they came out because you were such a big fan of the first one. If you're, if you're someone that follows that same train of thought and you didn't like the second or third movies because of what they bastardized from the first, you're probably not going to like this one either because it did the exact same thing That's again. fair, actually. That's 20 years of jadedness and, and skepticism that is not exonerated by recent viewings. Like, I don't know if we can accept your... Uh... <laughs> Oh, not non recommendation. <laughs> Why are you talking here? like the architect right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, spoilers. I don't. I, I don't. I disagree. Yeah, spoilers. I just this movie from the beginning got on my bad side by being overly meta, super meta, like at the beginning, so overly meta that I was like, "Is this a Dan Harmon script making fun of the Matrix? Like, what is happening right now?" Like, it felt like watching an episode of Community where Abed explains the Matrix to you. Like, it was so meta, it hurt me a it, little. I was, it, like, upset by it. It felt like an expanded version of that uh, Thor and Loki play uh, where Matt Damon is in, in the play, like, and they're, like, playing out an actual scene from one of the movies in a yeah. scene of a movie. It yeah. felt, felt kind of like that, but bigger. And I was like, oh, what is this crap? And then as I started to watch and realize what they were actually doing, I was like, okay, I'm on board. But at first, I, I was uncomfortable for sure. I did not. I I was very annoyed by it. Uh, Jeff, you you seem to have like some pretty specific thoughts there at the big what, what you were saying that you wanted to get into before. Yeah. Story, so I, I want mean, you to just go for a minute. Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll talk. I I have major reservations about this film franchise as a whole, which is why I say I recommend this movie as much as I recommend any other movie. I think that there are other franchises that you should go watch that as a whole are much more enjoyable in this film. Right. So real quick, Jeff was five when the first Matrix movie came out. So it didn't hit him in the way that, so, like, yeah. say, so me. So we also can't who was... take your recommendation. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think I'm that's the true. only person but I was trust here. I would have been 10, <laughs> I think, or, or 9 when the first one came out. So... I was like right I was poised perfectly to be like obsessed with the first one because it's like just like big dumb action Nothing is real mixed with like some really interesting heady con- concepts you know what I mean that like I was just starting to understand um so yeah there is a reason that I'm like obsessed with the first movie and think it's almost perfect <laughs> but I mean Jeff you so go on sure. go ahead So so go my reservations about go the franchise as a whole are just the fact that everyone has all these incredible powers and they just only use them in very specific moments, right? Like Trinity's powers at the very beginning of the very first Matrix come from the fact that she's aware that she is in the Matrix and then can manipulate the code to some specific degree. But at, at that same time, is super limited. She can't just leave the Matrix because her brain still thinks that she's in the Matrix, even though that she's aware that she's in the Matrix. She can only leave through a telephone. Why is that a limitation? I don't know. You need to have limitations for it to be a narrative device. Totally understood. I can look past that. But the fact that... Well, I think the idea was that she had to be hard... Like, she had to use a hard wire, right? Like, so the phone... Yeah, your mind doesn't have the ability to slip in and out of the Matrix. You still have to be plugged in. Well, yeah, because in 1999, we had to do everything with cords. But now we have Wi-Fi, so I think they're able to just, like jump through doorways and get out or whatever is happening in this one. Well, they it don't have very, Wi-Fi that. chips built into their brain and it was very, very Bluetooth in. Like, it's got to be plus. I don't really understand why. They didn't really explain why they're able to just, like, jump out of doorways right. and be out of the Matrix anymore. Yep. I didn't really get that. But they also never explained why they had to answer a phone. So, I guess to your but, point. Like, if you look at, like, that, so they have, they're, they have the ability to, like, ignore physics. They jump off buildings and they jump from building to building and, like, are leaving this massive damage. Like, they can ignore physics because they're in this fictional reality. But then they're still, like, 
vulnerable to bullets, which they can't just be like, nope, bullets aren't real. Physics doesn't affect me. I definitely like, agree with that part. There's, there's, it's weird, like what what they can control and what they can't, and and what separates Neo apart from it's not weird. Anyone it's inconsistent. Else. It doesn't right. make sense. Right, and yet Neo in the first movie and the second and third movie is hailed as the one because he can really, really ignore physics better than anyone else. Um, <laughs> it's it just gets weird when you when you look at it that way, and that's kind of the film that I. But I still enjoy the films; they're they're very fun to watch for different reasons. Um, He's so good at ignoring physics; we should follow him as a god. <laughs> exactly, and, that is and, funny, actually. And this film did absolutely. <laughs> Shatter, and I'm sure this is going to be Tyler's biggest sticking point. The entire mythos that Neo is special at all, um, which I don't was give my a biggest. Fuck about Neo being special, I think I like the idea oh, I did. of this world within a world. Like, I don't think I give a shit about that. I, I, at the end of this film, the climax, I was like, "What the fuck?" So Neo oh, completely was... in. <laughs> what the fuck? I saw that coming, though. I saw that. I was like, "Oh man, they're definitely gonna." They they were doing a lot of like men keeping women down and like women are important and blah 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 and i'm like okay that messaging does need to be out there but god damn was it heavy-handed throughout this whole movie especially in that final scene um but yeah i don't know man uh brian what do you what what thoughts do you have going starting off negative Um, or positive so i was if if i had stopped watching in the first third of this movie i was like not on board but over over the course of the movie it started to make more and more sense for me and i came to a point where i was like you know what i can accept this as a fourth edition to a franchise that didn't really need a fourth edition to be completely honest with you because the all-encompassing storyline was wrapped up with no real loose ends at the end of number three so this one felt like they were fabricating new loose ends in order to have another movie that i was like come on like i think the first three were fine like don't don't go any further. What, what's the point of this fourth one? But I, it's about as acceptable as it can get for me when you do something like this. Um, well, I wonder how much of Jonathan Groff's scene where he's t- telling Neo, uh, we have to do an, a fourth Matrix. And he's like, you know, so Warner Bro- it's over my head. Warner Brothers. That's said, what I was about to do on. it with you or without you. And so I was like, it was oh, that so scene. This Lana being like, it was that scene. And then it was <laughs> the next me. scene where it showed yeah. him in the think room where they're like trying to brainstorm it. And they're like, we need a new bullet time. We need to outdo. And I was like, this which just they feels do. Like, this just feels like a, a narrative from Lana Wachowski or whatever. That's saying I've had 20 years of pressure to produce a fourth one. And this is what you get. And like, and it felt like that was the narrative within the story, like of Lana pointing at that, like uh, at the pressure that she's been dealing with from the initial success of the, of the original franchise. Well, I gotta be honest, dude, like they haven't done anything really of note since. I mean, cloud Atlas, we, we all think cloud Atlas is cool. Where I think Brian and I think Cloud Atlas Definitely. is cool. Jeff, I think I, I you love, also do. I love yeah. Cloud Atlas. So we like Cloud Atlas quite a lot, but I think wider public thinks Cloud Atlas is a mess and stupid and hard to get through. And I, I don't blame them for it, but we besides that movie, they like have not done anything of note. They were they had a show on Netflix that got canceled after three seasons called Sense8. They did Speed Racer, they did Jupiter Ascending, which I went and saw in theaters in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It is in unintelligent. Is in like it doesn't make any sense. Channing Tatum is a I've seen it. a it's dog right. human in space. I just, <laughs> and he can like and he can roller skate through the sky. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, it bad. doesn't make any sense. So it's so crazy. Oh yeah, like, I forgot they, about this. They skating. haven't <laughs> they haven't done anything 
worth anything. And so this is literally, this was their last opportunity, really, like, like to stay in Hollywood. And no offense to Miss Wachowski, but I feel like she failed, for me at least. I... I genuinely was disappointed through the whole movie. And by the end of it, Kelly walk came home and like walked in and was just like, what are you watching? And I was like, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Wow. Is what I said to her. I feel like your list I of worst movies ever is long. It's about is, as long as Brian's top three. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's top five, top five, top five. I make a little um, space for a couple more. Yeah. I, uh, I just, it wasn't the worst. It was just, what it was is it was disappointing and it's and i had low expectations and it disappointed me on those low expectations you know did you like did you do you feel like you have a firm grasp of the storyline just curious um no, or did you have confusion re- i had a lot of confusion so i, but I, I could also totally i understand. gotta be honest i stopped i stopped seriously paying attention probably an hour in once Jada Pinkett Smith showed up and the, was doing her all, oh, Neo, Neo, I remember you. I was like, okay, I'm all so the way out. That might I'm that might be that might be your biggest problem because, like I said, in the first hour, I was still struggling with it. But once I started to really grasp what the fuck was going on, I was like, oh, okay, I actually accept this storyline breakdown. Jeff, how did you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I accepted the, the storyline breakdown as well. I mean, once once uh, Neo's out of the Matrix, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me that they would leave Trinity there once they had already gone through this the, the whole thing of saving them. Like, they're like, oh, we couldn't confirm it's Trinity. And it's like, well, aren't you guys in the fucking business of pulling people out of the Matrix anyway? Like, <laughs> well, who cares if it's Trinity? Save that so bitch. They were hidden uh, in the Matrix. You got that part, right? Right. They were hidden in there. So it was like... They weren't even sure it was him for 20 years. or I'm sorry. It was 60 years by their standard. That's right. why Jada Pinkett's so much older than him. They right. were Their aging had just slowed down because they were milking him as batteries or whatever. But Which seems to not make sense to me in any way because if what? you're pulling your power, you would think they would drain him faster and make him older. They had them in special pods that slowed them down so they could benefit from them longer. Because they're because when they were close enough together, they found that they were producing vast amounts of electricity over a normal right, human battery. But the the whole thing with them like having trouble finding him, I mean, it literally took them sixty years just to confirm it was him. Right. And they then he was like, "Dude, I flew over Trinity. Can we go back and get her?" And they were like, "Dude, we were having a hard time knowing for sure, and we only sure. had one attempt at this thing, so we had to use it on you." I mean, the the overall so plot I don't really. The that. overall plot, where it picks up, is where it says is the, the third movie ended. Both kept, both Trinity and Neo were dead. The robots, one robot, decides to piece them back together and continue the experiment the with them. Rebuild, yeah. rebuild the the Matrix using them as the core personality yeah, the part of the program. Yeah, and and really, really capitalize on the human experience. The core human experience being fear and desire, I think, is what. Well, he he discovered that um, when they were together, something about their connection to each other was, like I said before, producing vast amounts more electricity than your average human by themselves. Whenever they separated the two of them, they were just like normal people and were a total like they weren't worth much. But when they put them together, the sheer amount of electricity that they were able to harvest was like astronomical. So. But what was happening was when they got too close together, you saw that scene where they like woke yeah. up and they were like fighting to get to each other. It kept happening. So he was figuring out that you had to keep them in somewhat close proximity. Right. But just create enough, parameters. Just enough to stoke 
desire, a combination of desire and fear. That was the kind of the catalyst for producing bigger amounts of energy, but they couldn't get too close. So he had to find a way to like keep right, them create, near each other, but like far enough apart. Create parameters. That which they I thought was fascinating. I thought to believe that they was, couldn't be together. I, yeah, yeah, I also thought I liked it was... It. was I like that. I thought that was really, really good. And I picked up on all of that. That's all fine. The parts that I didn't understand were. So at the end of the third movie, there's the machines are going to destroy Zion because what they do is they let the humans rebuild all the time. Right. They like let them build for a a while. And then once things break. Yeah. yeah, Then they tear it down. So. Are the humans still at war with the machines? No. It doesn't seem like it. Also, the weird domesticated machine friends that they had, fucking hated that. That was fucking dumb. So there's I don't, ex- what yeah. was that about? So so I, I did a little bit of reading afterwards just to confirm everything that I had comprehended um, before this conversation, obviously. So um, just to elaborate a little bit, basically after Neo and Trinity are sac- like sacrificed themselves to save everybody at the end of number three – Neo had an agreement in that whole situation with the machines that there would be a lasting peace, that the machines would honor a peace with the humans. The machines did so. And basically Zion was allowed to, um, you know, exist and grow um, outside of machine pressure or attacks or anything. Right. And so it became Morpheus IO. became the no, 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 no. Morf- oh, Morpheus became the leader of Zion. And basically what happened was there was a peace for a time. But then there was a, um, a power shortage or an energy shortage among the machines. And the machines started fighting each other. There ended up being a machine war over resources, essentially. What came out of that was, you know, a new machine civilization that no longer honored the peace and started attacking Zion again. Morpheus mm. was so stuck on... The one has solved our problem. Like, you know, we need to trust it. We don't need to like basically people were arguing we need to find a way to utilize machines. We're not going to win this war the traditional way. And Morpheus was like, no, you need to trust in what the one has laid down for us. And basically it ruined Zion and got Morpheus killed. Jada, uh, Jada, what's her fucking character's name? Niobe. Niobe. Was, um, um in disagreement with that and she felt like they needed to find a way to connect with like the machine minority essentially like the losers from the machine war because mm-hmm. remember if it was a machine war over resources there were there was a losing side and basically those machines are sentient enough to like form an alliance with niobe and what remained of zion and they helped her c- create io which is a new city kind of born from the ashes of zion and they helped her conceal it. So that's where they got to the point where they had like decades of being able to actually develop the city instead of constantly being at war like Zion was. Like they were able to live in peace and that's where they had like a clean sky looking place. They were growing vegetables like, you know, and she was like, dude, I don't want to get involved with the machines anymore. We have a good thing going here. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So the machines at the end of the third I, film. And though, I remember all of that, but I think it's just all in the back of my head. So, so the machines at the end of the third film, though, uh, set an agreement with Neo to end the cycle, but then they immediately agreed to allow Neo to be put back into slavery. Well, so kind of. Yeah. So basically uh, what uh, Neil Patrick Harris explains is that he was present when Neo was going through those final moments in number three. And what he thought was interesting was 
uh, Neo was a unique version of the anomaly. So if you remember from those movies, Neo was like the sixth rendition of the one. Right. Each of the past renditions did not have the Trinity tie. They didn't have like the love interest um, factor involved, apparently. I don't and know if that's true, but go ahead. So I kind of agree because I felt like they talked about how there was always love was like a big deal. Right. Yeah, there was, there was like the one was always given a choice between his loved one and saving the rest of the world. But but for some reason, Neil Patrick Harris explains that there was something different about Neo and Trinity together, and he saw uh, the anomaly as being different this time around, and so he convinced the machines to allow him to take Neo and Trinity's dead bodies and try to work with them to produce a new and better version of the matrix. And so that's what he started doing. He started testing with them, seeing if he can, he talked about how difficult it was to like recode them and get them back or whatever. And then his difficulties with like experimenting with them as Guinea pigs and figuring out the whole, like look at the extra electricity thing. And then, yeah. And that's how he got to the point where he was like, Oh, I figured out how to harness the added electricity. This will solve our power shortage. And I can produce a new version of the matrix with these guys as my centerpieces. It'll be better. So he kind of convinced the matrix. I don't think that was breaking any agreement because all the machine world uh, um, people did was say, we won't attack Zion. We'll leave Zion alone if you help us with our problem and kill yourself, sure. essentially. You, you so, mean the big baby face made of? Crap? Yeah, yeah. The baby face, <laughs> baby face machine. Yeah. So I, I don't think voice. I don't think there was any breach of any agreement. They just took his dead body and decided to do something with it, essentially. Okay. So let's get back to what we actually saw on screen. Um, yeah, some of the worst action in a Matrix movie. Remember how I said the sequels, like number two's fighting felt floaty, but number three felt back to hard hitting. This one was almost impossible to tell what was happening. I don't like. I was like, this is this looks bad. Like all of the fight scenes, I thought looked terrible. What about Did that? Anyone, what about that move? Argue with me. What about that move where he's fighting uh, um, the agent and he like he's on the ground and then he like kicks off him, like runs around the corner of the wall and then kicks him again. I thought that looked stupid. <laughs> I was like, at first I was like, ooh, that was sick. And even the agent was like, good move. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, there's no fucking way he could have done that. <laughs> like, there's no yeah, way. I guess dumb. he could fly, though. I don't, I don't know. Actually, he, he never showed fly. that he could fly in this one. Yeah, He can't no. fly anymore. He, just he straight up said he can't. Until the very yeah. end. But um, I don't know. I was okay with it. It didn't bother me. I, I will say, I thought Jessica Chenwick's fight scenes. Jessica Henwick, sorry. Um, Is she the blue-haired one? Yeah. Yeah. I thought her Is fight it, scenes were more natural. I mean, I've seen her do a lot of action sequences in the films that I've seen, films and TV shows I've seen her in, and I, I'm a big fan of her fighting style. Um, and I thought that that her fight scenes were impactful. I felt like Keanu Reeves was slow, and I feel like they slowed down a lot of fight scenes to, um, I don't know, bring bring them to his level. I thought that it was super weird to give the analyst the ability to stop time and then only use it once. Um, Twice. He's it multiple times. Yeah, but yeah, wait. He uses it, and then someone. Oh, the, the agent. agent. Yeah, yeah. John I don't know Ruff why. Comes out of the crowd, and he's he can. The explanation was like, for some reason, the agent was not affected. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I started laughing because I was like, yeah, they just skip over why he, conveniently he can move freely. Yeah. How did we feel about Jonathan Groff as Smith? As like a reincarnated Smith, I like skinned Smith. I liked him. I thought he was a good good choice. I like him a lot as an actor. I think that I would have preferred him to be a different character. I don't like. It's just why like, if it's not going to be Hugo Weaving, just make it a different character. Like, right. I don't care. Like I, like Smith can be gone. Just give him a new 
Like maybe he's the like yeah, you know what I mean. Like so just because I called Smith. him Smith, because I mean in every other way he was a different character. Yeah, well that's the point. Yeah, it's like why? Well, why even make him Smith at that point? Like why even give him that name? Well, speaking of names, actually, that was something that I felt like they made a mistake on because like I understand why they needed to keep Neo near Trinity within the Matrix to kind of do their whole uh, desire fear thing to stoke their electricity, but. Why name him Thomas Anderson and why do direct references to something that will wake him up or have him be feel destabilized? I don't understand why they were like why the machine the matrix was coded in a way that would constantly remind him of what actually happened to him versus giving him a new story. Like Trinity having kids and a husband, I thought was a perfect thing to do to her to distract her and give her matrix responsibilities that keep her from thinking about like keep her too busy to think about what's actually real and what's not. Well, I think they want Neo. They give him a job where his name's Thomas Anderson again, and then are just constantly throwing his actual story into his face. I was like, right. what yeah, is the then, point of this? I mean, how else to make someone doubt their own reality or like doubt their own thoughts than to be like, well, I'm, I created this video game called The Matrix, and now I'm remembering so the video game. But then if I play the video game, the things I'm remembering are in the game, so that tells me that maybe I'm just remembering the game and I'm right. having dissociation. But, but here's the problem, and I know like, that— It's easy to start doubting your own thoughts. If, I, well, if so you can, going one step further, though, with this issue, Neil Patrick Harris goes, wow, I didn't see that coming with your like backdoor modal that allowed Morpheus to, like, I guess, become independent and then come and wake you up again. But I'm like, why would you give him a job in coding at all? Why not make him a fucking janitor scrubbing toilets? Like, why why would you let him get anywhere near a fucking computer? <laughs> like, I would be like, oh, yeah, computers blow up all the time, man. You shouldn't get anywhere near those. Those are dangerous objects. Like, I was a bit confused about – I'm still a bit confused about the use of suicide as a method of escaping the Matrix. Like, they did that a lot in the original trilogy of it and doing it again in the in these movies. It really makes you think that they're, like, saying, like, oh, the ones who kill themselves, they find their way out. Like that, that's the right way to get, that's how you get out. That's how you get out of the but real world. But how does world. that work? Cause you can't die in the matrix without dying in the real world. But, but Neo keeps jumping off of buildings. And also you guys still haven't watched the animatrix, but the kid escaped by jumping off of a building. That's how he got out of the matrix and he woke himself up. Yeah. I mean, so just that's going, that's going back to that whole mechanics, not making sense thing. And I don't know how, Oh well, yeah, none is. of it makes sense. If I'm on it, only the first movie makes sense. The first movie is perfect. And once you start expanding the world, it stops making sense. That's a bold claim. First movie is definitely not perfect, but we Shut can move the on. Fuck up. It's <laughs> definitely not perfect. Uh, how did you guys feel about Yaya as, uh, Morpheus? <clears throat> excuse me. I, I thought his acting was fine. I thought his fight sequences could have been better, but, um, I agree. I thought he was. I thought he yeah, was. Yeah, it was like a like a movement, like a flamboyance to his movements and the way that he was dressing in this one. That I was sort of like, is this how Morpheus would dress? I don't know. Would he wear like a striped suit or like a bright? Well, I mean, it's not Morpheus, right? It's code that it's Thomas Anderson Morpheus. wrote. That's half Morpheus, half Mister Smith. That then became sentient. Correct. Right. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I thought he was fine. I thought they really did a dis. Uh, well. I don't know. Maybe you guys can help unpack this with me. But my initial reaction was they did a disservice to the Morpheus, the actual Morpheus character and the way his story wraps up. Obviously, Lawrence Fishburne was not in the movie. But, you know, the fact that they wrote in the story that he basically was so blinded by his faith at the end 
that he just let Zion die, I thought was kind of jarring. Well, I mean, he is blinded by his faith. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I believe that very well, very much because he's so blinded by his faith and so obsessed with Neo and the one and this prophecy of the one. Yeah. But I just, I've never seen like he can't, like he trusts everything that Neo does in the original. I mean, half of his dialogue in the first three films is we must trust the one. Yeah. While the one's alive. Not after he's fucking dead and gone for a couple of decades. Well, it becomes like, hey, mythology. It becomes just a religion. Trust what happened, man. These robots are going to see the error in their ways any second now. Like, that just seems to me, like, not Morpheus. Like, I get when Neo's alive, sure. Like, Cyber Jesus, man, come save us all. But, like, he's been dead for decades. What what was Morpheus saying at that point? Sure, but he believed in Neo before there was a Neo, right? He believed in the concept of a one. While the guy was alive, not but after he But since he was dead, that. so, but since the one died, then he must believe that the one had accomplished his mission, which means that they're already, at, have arrived at whatever the end was supposed to be. What did you guys think, and this is going to be on the same conversation thread, what did you think about the chick that came in and knew about about the pods and stuff i forget her character name but the the indian woman um that was like a kid oh, and the, like number priyanka three. chopra or whatever isn't yeah. that a isn't that like Sati? a like a do dude priyanka chopra i'm pretty like sure the... her name is priyanka chopra she's she was oh. in a show called fbi would you would you um, think about her her I character role i thought it was kind of cool that they brought that little girl back with some significance you know but sure. i'm curious um, i'm curious what you guys thoughts were about her I am right. Priyanka Chopra. She's the one that's ah. married to one of the... Uh... I'm thinking of Deepak Chopra. Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I don't think they're related. They might be, though. Um, she's married to one of the Jonas Brothers, I think. Really? Um, Interesting. Yeah. Very beautiful. I think she's a very talented actress. I think that her character was pointless in this movie and was literally just there for... There was just... You know what it is? I think what it bothered me was there's so much exposition in this movie and they knew that they had to do it. So what they did is they tried to make it funny by giving you like all this meta jokes about like, oh, yeah, a sequel or blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I look different, blah, blah, blah. That I just was like, okay, I just... I mean, there are, and that's, like her inclusion, I felt the same way. I was that's like, that's oh, what you okay. get with any Matrix movie is a, a shitload of expedition mixed in with crazy fighting and cyber looks. Right? Yeah, but then the fighting wasn't fun and like the exposition wasn't interesting to me. I, I will like, say the, there's... What makes the first one interesting... Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. I was just going to say, there was a point when they were talking about their plan to unplug Trinity, I think, and they put like an entire sentence that was all just like random tech terms where it's like, we have to unplug this and do this. And I was just like, what the fuck does any of that mean? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. It was, I bothered me. I was like, you guys, I bothered this? you. Um, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't have a lot more to say about this movie other than I just, I, I felt I had really low expectations and I feel like they met those expectations squarely in the middle. Like they just hit every low part for me where I was just like the fight, the action didn't look good. Hey, Brian, you read about this. What the fuck's an exile? You're talking about the programs? Like, uh, whatever the fuck. Those oh, the yeah, exiles were the detective. So, so that, basically, that scene was bewildering. You're talking about <laughs> with the, uh, the, Mer- the, the Merovingian shows up. Yeah. <laughs> He's going all crazy. I'll be like, ah! Yeah. Well, he he starts saying all bit. kinds of meta stuff about the sequel and like all kinds of stuff like that. Like, yeah. Um, so basically when Neil Patrick Harris as the analyst, he stepped in as the new architect. I am sure you gathered that. Yeah. When he came out with the new version of the matrix with, uh, Neo and Trinity at its center, 
Um, he deleted a lot of the old programs. The that Oracle the purge. That the Oracle is deleted. Yep, the purge. So the Oracle completely got deleted. Um, you know, the Keymaker, all those dudes are gone. Like all those characters that were programs that played a big role in the previous iteration of the Matrix, completely gone. The Merovingian and the other ones that you saw, like the few characters in that fight scene, um, were they weren't i guess deleted but at the same time they were basically scrapped like picture them being in the uh the waste bin but not completely eradicated sure. but their their but roles their, have been their removed, roles were completely programs. removed but they still existed they still and that's existed. why you saw merovingian looking like he had just woke up off the street and like it's i thought that was it was just making me laugh because i couldn't really understand what he was saying like while well, this whole banger fight scene's going on and this guy's just sitting there screaming you know whatever but uh it made me laugh because i was like man they really brought him back to do this like it's not adding anything you know it just it was funny yeah it almost was just like hey remember this guy he's back yeah i was like man that guy was willing to come back for that like he had no significance like they didn't have to put that in there they're just what else has he been in ever he's in in sahara he's a bad guy in sahara oh shit he is huh god damn Good pull. Thanks, man. Um, I just watched that like two uh, weeks ago, so don't oh, be too impressed. It's on my list on Amazon or whatever. Um, all right. Well, I think we can wrap it up there. Do you guys have any final thoughts on The Matrix before we jump into something else? No. Greatest, go, go watch it if you've seen the other three. Greatest movie ever. Next. Yeah. Top five. Top five. All right. Uh, Brian, what are we talking about next? Um, why don't we jump into Hawkeye? I binged it yesterday, so it's fresh for me. Okay. Oh, damn! You watched it all in, all in one. We got, I, dude, home with COVID. So, oh yeah, Brian's COVID positive. Christmas, everybody, Christmas Day, Hawkeye binge. How are you feeling, Brian? Are you? Are you okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm wonderful. <laughs> that was forced for everyone to. Oh, I saw him do that. <laughs> um, are you trying to COVID shame me? No, I was gonna say you have the <laughs> you're you have the vaccine and the booster, and you have COVID. Uh, now COVID I have super positive. immunity, my friends yeah let's go see the world and are you feeling like how how are the symptoms mild congestion and a very very weak sporadic cough that's about it a little bit of fatigue uh, leading up to to me figuring out that i was sick i would say that's probably a good selling point on getting the booster if anyone's on the fence 100 percent, 100 percent. i'd probably be dead by now without it so uh go get it (laughs) and if you don't get it i'm judging you yeah (laughs) Um, all right, uh, Brian, since you just binged all of Hawkeye, um, why don't you give us a quick rundown of what it's about and what you thought of it? Full spoilers. We're just going full spoilers on this one. Yeah. So, um, where to begin? I guess I'll just start right at the beginning. So battle for New York. Um, Hawkeye is involved in the, in the original Avengers battle. And, um, there is, um, a, super nice house in new york with a daughter and her parents that gets caught in the crossfire of this big battle raging against the chitari um the young daughter loses her father but like in that battle but um looks out like a big old hole in their wall and sees hawkeye as a normal human battling alongside these superhumans and holding his own and making a difference and she's inspired to um learn how to use the bow and learn how to fight and kind of go vigilante in her own right. Um, flash forward to when she's kind of hit young adult age. I think she introduces herself as like 22 or something. Um, 
Yeah, she's, she's like in junior year of college. Yeah, college she's just right starting there. to dabble with this like vigilante streak. Um, she very clearly has an athletic background with some like fencing training, and she's like a really great archer. Um, Martial arts, but she has very little hero like experience. She's just kind of like sticking her nose where it doesn't belong, kind of thing, kind of doing the vigil- vigilante. Uh, not a part of any affiliated with anything. Um, she kind of takes it one step too far, and it. Um, it uh, comes to a head when she uh, comes across and actually wears the Ronin outfit that was utilized by Hawkeye uh, during the time of the blip, the five-year gap uh, when Thanos snapped half of existence or half of humanity out of existence or half of the universe out of existence. Uh, when Hawkeye went crazy, started killing a bunch of bad guys as like a way to like I don't know blow off steam because his family had all disappeared. And she uses the Ronin suit and it starts kind of attracting unwanted attention. And he realizes that it's kind of like his past demons coming back to haunt him. So he gets kind of like drawn into helping her with this overarching issue um, just because of his tie in with the whole Ronin suit thing. So uh, if that wasn't confusing enough, I can get back into the description. No, I, of the just, I just want to say what I. I don't understand what I say. What's like a one or two sentence description? That was one sentence. And I didn't pause. You and you and Jeff just tell me the backstory of every character. Every I'm like I don't understand what like short description means to you guys. But um, cool. Well, how did you feel about the show, Brian? Overall, I thought it was good. I thought it held up with the others. It didn't blow my mind, but at the same time, it was fun. Um, I think you guys were right that uh, you know there was a, a pretty funny. Um, aspect to it, which was uh, Hawkeye just not wanting to fucking be there. <laughs> yeah, and that was kind of cracking me up because it was like, I, you know, you kept getting this vibe of him being like, "Fuck, like I, like I want to go home to Christmas and chill with my kids. Why am I here I fighting crime again? How did I get back in this shit? Do, yeah, I <laughs> and, just want to uh, be done. Please, that like that was hitting my funny bone. Um, you know, and they had some funny comedic relief. At times, it felt like they were slipping a little bit too much in there, like as if like. They shot a scene or like a couple of scenes and then went, we haven't had humor in 20 minutes. We need to have somebody crack a joke. And then they'd have a bad guy be like, oh, I talked to my girlfriend the way you suggested and it went great. We went and saw the movie. And I was like, all right, it was funny, but it felt like it wasn't as natural as they've had humor slip into other movies sure. and shows. Yeah. But I was still okay with it. And it was overall really well well done. And Jeremy Renner, I, I thought it was a pretty good uh, send off if that was his send off. Yeah, I, I think – He'll probably show up again. Um, he's not like, I think he's fine with being in these movies. He's not as in demand as like some of the other ones who are like carrying whole movies and like, you know, they're the main characters in the, in the Avengers team ups and stuff like that. Um, but uh, Jeff, how did you, how did you feel about the series as a whole? You know, I enjoyed it. I, I think i mentioned before that uh, maybe not on pod, but I've definitely talked about before how, um, having read uh, Matt Fraction and I think it's David Aha's run, mm-hmm. um, uh, the first several volumes of it, I did appreciate when there were moments that were taken directly from the comic book. Obviously, the overarching plot line was not directly taken from the storyline of that book, but there were episodes, there were moments like, for example, I think it's the the third or fourth episode. Um, when they are driving away in a stolen uh, Mustang and Kate Bishop is firing trick arrows that she doesn't know what they do. That's taken directly from a comic book issue. Um, And it's one of the highlights of the show. And it's one of the highlights of that run. Um, Mm -hmm. Very funny. 
in both instances. And while they're not directly correlated, the car comes from a different character in both instances. The, well, the trick arrows do fun. different things. Go ahead. It's fun because the character of Hawkeye gets introduced in the show or in the movies and like doesn't really do trick arrows at all, which like he has different ones that like explode and stuff. But in the comics, Hawkeye has like all like all the Archer characters from all of comics all have like the craziest comics. Like uh, Green Arrow famously has a boxing glove arrow. Uh, it's, just has, it's just an arrow with a boxing glove at the end of it. Like, it's so dumb. Uh, but like the show Arrow never explored it. You know what I mean? So like it was actually really fun to to finally take that that cue from the archers of the comics and like giving give them this like these ridiculous arrows especially in that final fight scene in the final episode um how did we feel about uh Haley steinfeld as kate bishop kate bishop is a character from the comics um she is the second hawkeye character uh is it hawk how do we, like how do they what do they name her hawkeye hawk hawkeye yeah she's she takes hawkeye. his moniker mantle yeah yeah, yeah. And even at the end of this show, she's like trying to come up. She's like, "What about Lady Hawk and all this stuff?" And then he's I was like, waiting I have for them to give it. Yeah, and then they didn't say it. So, well, well they, no, they they just, the it credits, flashes the name. Yeah, it flashes the symbol with oh, the name gotcha. Hawkeye on it. Didn't so. click for me. Yeah, you know what? I'll answer that one first, I guess. Have you guys seen the movie Two Guns? Yeah. So you know Mark Wahlberg, how he's like, he just wants to be uh, Denzel's buddy throughout that whole movie. Yeah. And he's like, "Wait, we're teaming up? Yeah, yeah." Like I felt like she was like that, where she's like. You could teach me trick arrows, and then he's just like, "There's no trick arrows." And then all of a sudden, she, like he's like, "Here, take these arrows." She's like, "Trick arrows?" Like I was just like, "I'm getting that same vibe," and it's pretty funny yeah. to like have that that tag along person that like, you know, is is mainly just along for the ride almost. But then all of a sudden, she's just like getting hyped because she's like, "Yeah, superhero team up, baby, let's do it." And he's like, "Just want to quickly say, Two Guns is also based on a comic book. I think it was an Ani Press comic, but yeah, also based on a comic." Anyway, yeah, I definitely I see where you're coming from. I had forgotten about that movie, but uh, that that vibe is the same. Did you like her portrayal though? Yeah, and like I and I'm watching all these with you know obviously I view this series as a handoff from Hawkeye to well apparently Hawkeye, Kate Bishop, and like I evaluate it as like a how do I feel about her stacking up with, um, you know the future team ups and stuff am i going to be okay with that you know like because mm-hmm. you also got to look at it with uh, natasha's sister yelena or whatever like right like how do i feel about her okay i like her as kind of a replacement black widow like um you know spider-man obviously is kind of more of a bridge hero you know black panther was meant to be that as well obviously um but you know some of the others like like how do i feel about them proceeding and being a more of a title character than you know um you know somebody you know like a supporting character of one one a one-off movie you know and sure. I, I think she does a good job i think she stacks up i think she'll be entertaining and and uh carry the title well yeah i think so too um jeff did you have any thoughts i think you were earlier in an earlier episode you'd said that you liked her definitely i i enjoyed her acting a lot i mean uh she brings that that youthful jubilance that is uh fun yeah and i thought that she and uh <laughs> Francis, is that her name? Florence. Florence P. Yeah, they play well together. Like they were very funny. That scene where they're sitting at the table eating mac and cheese and shit was. I thought that they. I think that Florence P. Is is she's funny in her character, like her portrayal of this character. I think she does a good job. Um, and then uh. And then I think that Haley Steinfeld did a good job uh, in this one as well. Um, 
Yeah, Echo, uh, the deaf actress with one leg, is getting her own spin-off TV show off of this. I thought for sure that Kingpin uh, was going to be the main bad guy at the end of this. Do we think he's dead? They they moved the camera before we heard the gunshot, but sure. the gun was pointed right at his chest. So, so I mean, if, so that that panel, that speech at the very end of the the seat of the, the end of the season was taken almost word for word from a comic book in which Echo finds out that Kingpin was responsible for her father's assassination, and she shoots him point blank, and it blinds Kingpin temporarily. So I temporarily <laughs> I don't think that we're His that we've seen the end of from Kingpin. The bullet hole that went right through it. I don't think that we've seen the end of Kingpin and I hope we have it. That would be that would suck for them to bring him back cuz I think that Vincent right. Tanafrio, And then show us Daredevil. I was Vincent trying to the same week. I was trying to explain his like him to Anna because she was like, dude, does this guy got like a power? And I was like, I think he's just got strong determination. <laughs> like I don't <laughs> he's like, just very willful. He's just, he's just the biggest big. guy ever. Yeah, <laughs> I think he's just. Well, he's not really that big. big. I mean, he's a big dude, but like he's not. Well, like, they put him next to Haley Steinfeld. I was like, whoa, they really made him big. In this. He's, he's big, a big guy. He's big. a big guy, but he's not. I like, don't think he's that big in reality. No. I think no. they made him look bigger. No, it's sure. like he looks. But huge. like he just has this ridiculously like indomitable will or something. I don't know. Like, what would you no, describe? In his the comics, to he's like as Daredevil big as the Hulk, but just like he's just a normal man, but just happens to be as tall and like wide as the Hulk for some reason. He's one of those He's ones that think huge. I'm going to struggle with the scale thing. I seem to remember watching him in the end of Daredevil season one where like Daredevil pancakes 20 guys in a row, but then he goes up against Kingpin and can barely handle him. And I was like, oh, yeah. And Kingpin's like picking him up and throwing him through. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what am I missing like, here? Yeah. Even in this, I was like, wait, so he's that strong that he's got hit by a car, but then stands up and goes toe to toe with a, with like a chick who has like multiple karate trophies yeah. or martial arts trophies. So I'm like, I don't understand what his, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the kingpin. I think he must have some sort of metahuman gene, like gene going on. I think it's just like a mild version of it, you know. But yeah, because yeah, he he goes toe to toe with like Spider Man, you know. Right. Which I that, mean, even in the animated Spider Man, doesn't he just like punch Peter Parker to death? <laughs> yeah, he's got kind of like a uh, uh, like a um, juggernaut build a little bit, right? Where he's like super like abnormal looking and can kind of just. Right. D- dish it and take it and I just I don't know right I think that he's just like super strong I don't know if they've ever said like yeah the kingpin definitively has super strength but he he is strong um how did we feel um uh, about the swordsman did you guys fall for it I did I definitely thought he was a bad guy uh, oh sorry that's, oh I uh, did I totally did Jacques or whatever yeah John, Duca- John. Duquesne yeah Duquesne yeah totally um I genuinely was like, oh, he's a bad guy. So in the comics, that character is the swordsman who is the guy who trains Hawkeye. He's the one that trained Hawkeye in like all of his abilities. Um, But then obviously in this show, they didn't do that with him. But when Haley Steinfeld goes for like the secret like attack and she's going to like stab him in the throat and he just like parries her and knocks the sword out of her hand really quickly. I was really expecting him to be like her and him to have like a big knockdown drag out brawl the way that she did with Kingpin, but with him. And then at the end, no, he was just like, really was just like a really cool supportive guy who like, who really wanted to be her dad. And was like, he's just so excited to have a sword fight at the end, which none of the tracksuit Dracula or sorry, tracks in this, they're tracksuit mafia, but in the comic, they are 
a gang of vampires who all wear tracksuits and are from Eastern Europe and they're called the tracksuit Draculas. Um, yeah. Which I think, honestly, I wish they had just done that because I think it's really funny. Um, but that being said, he, what, none of them had guns during that final fight scene. He's like literally like sword fighting them and they had like lead pipes and flashlights. Yeah. I had that same thought. I mean, definitely the low point in the entire franchise for me was when the LARPers started taking on the criminals and, <laughs> And I was like, it was kind of funny. And Hawkeye was like, eh, we're all going to die. Yeah. I'm, I'm I just waiting like for the... one of them to just fucking catch a knife and then suddenly to get into the show to get <laughs> oh, really gritty. This is real. <laughs> yeah. I did like the LARPing, though, the, when Hawkeye is out there fighting all of them. You know what? <laughs> I got to say, sword. I had a mixed feeling about that because I got super excited to see him. Suddenly he was like strolling in slow motion. And I was like, it's just going to show him just mowing dudes down. And instead, oh, and he was, he was just was like still, showing. He was still kind of just half assed, like blocking when I thought. Man, they could. They really had an opportunity here for him to just be molly whopping dudes on his way to go, like go get the. Suit I back. wish he had taken it a little bit more seriously. Yeah. I think it would have been funny to see him get like as he, you could see he was starting to have fun with it. Right, right. It, like, like it would have been like, it's fun funny. to see him actually like be like, all right, if this is actually, how I got to do kind of, it, then I was kind of fun. I get it. it. Yeah, yeah, it would have been really fun to see. Yeah, him just I was kind of bummed by him. that. Yeah, I did like the part where he like he's like blocking all the people around him, and then he does like the spin and kills them all yeah. at once. I was yeah. like, that was pretty fun. I mean, it's it's you know, it was still fun to it's, see. That's um, the kind of scene you get when you do a series like limited series TV show versus a, a feature length movie. Like oh that's, yeah, they would never have done no. That. And like I, I was like, oh, I appreciate that we get this kind of thing because it makes me laugh and it kind of adds to his character personality. But yeah, it gives I, I was kind of. To be somebody, yeah, like and I was, he gets to just be Hawkeye a little bit longer, and I'm cool with that. But like, I was kind of bummed that he didn't like go harder, like almost like full Ronin, like you know, whacking dudes, like because it's a foam sword, so he could really let it fly without really hurting. Yeah, like anybody. flips and like all kinds, like, exactly like jumping off of trees, exactly. Especially because they shit. recognized him right away. It wasn't like he was trying to be too incognito. He was like cool with them identifying him. It wasn't like he was hiding. So I was like, do something crazy, like. You know, I just own it. Yeah, you know? I, I don't know. Give him a show. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Still, um, overall, how did we feel about the series? Good? Everybody Good. liked it? Yeah. It, w- it wasn't as high as some of the others for me, but uh, solid solid uh, addition. You know what? As it was, like, coming out around Christmas, it actually was helping me get into, like, the Christmas spirit a little bit. Like, I don't know what it was, but, like, this it was year good I was kind of yeah. – I think with, like, not seeing any family all, all, all month or whatever and, like, not having really anything set up – I was like not really feeling the Christmas stuff. And then this show started and I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm actually like kind of vibing with this shit. Like this is kind of pulling me back into Christmas. Like I, I actually enjoyed it um, quite a lot on its Christmas side of it. Um, can someone remind me what happened to, was it Eleanor at the end? Her mom? Kate, she got arrested. She, she sent her to jail. She sent her yeah. to jail. Yeah, for the murder of Armand Duquesne. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. All right, cool. Um, all right. Otherwise, um, I think we can just move on to uh, recommendations, right? Everybody? All right. Brian, what have you been watching, reading, listening to, doing with your life? Um, I'm obviously crushed through those two, um, you know, that movie and that show that we just discussed at length. Um, also... Uh, been uh, watching The Witcher pretty avidly. Uh, won't get into it too much because uh, we're not all there. But um, how far to, into season two have you gotten now? Just finished it today. So we oh, shit. we wa- right. we backed up. We watched uh, season two, episode one. Realized we didn't remember anything, and so we went back and watched season one and season two. 
So we're completely fresh and caught up. Um, right. Other than that, uh, I'm just still working through reading my books, and and that's about it. Oh, 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 oh! And I started watching Don't Look Up on Netflix. Have you guys heard about that yet? With yeah, uh, I really. It just came out this weekend. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio, the, oh, yeah, Lawrence, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, McKay directed. I, I watched the first 20 minutes and was was really enjoying it. Um, we ended up having to turn it off and then didn't go back to it. So I'm going to push to uh, to finish that one because the first 20 minutes was making me uh, die laughing. So, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, it seems yeah. like it's pretty good. It, it's kind of like getting it's kind of like middle of the road. People are like not liking it. Some people are loving it. Um, I don't I don't really know, but I do still want to watch it just because I, you know, I've seen it, I think every other Leo movie and I've definitely seen like all of Adam McKay's movies. Yeah, He's so far, so far, so the guy good who, my viewing experience. So the director and writer of this is the guy who directed and wrote most of Will Ferrell's movies. Um, it's like his writing partner from the SNL days. Um, really good friends with him or was until they had like a big falling out recently, apparently. But yeah. Um, yeah and he's doing a new series that's like, like made to look like a documentary it's about like the 1980s lakers have you seen the john c Riley is playing the coach um uh, yeah, I'll, I'll a, yes i think i saw something about that it's called showtime or something right like magic time or, or something ma- yeah like showtime like the showtime lakers of the 80s so like I think well, there you go maybe it was called showtime but um yeah, yeah anyway i do want to watch that uh yeah. so I'll, I'll probably check that out tonight check that on um anything else you've been that's it for me doing? All right, cool. Uh, Jeff? Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. I had a list that now I am starting to blank. I, for the most part, my luxury watch that I watched before bed, I've been watching JoJo's uh, um, Bizarre Adventure Part mm-hmm. 4. As you probably remember, I did watch Parts 1, 2, and 3 um, months ago, and Netflix has recently added Parts 4, 5, and I believe 6, or they're, they're, they're introducing the 6. Um, the manga is putting out, I think part or the, yeah, the manga is putting out, I think part seven, which I, I, I think it might be the final part. I don't know. I have some coworkers that are avid Jojo fans. Um, I'm loving part four much more than I, like I thought, thought part three was fine. Um, I thought part two was awful. I thought part one was good. Um, and part four is a blast right now. Um, I'm enjoying it. So hopefully from what I've heard, part four, five and six are all, um, good fun. Part six gets a little even weirder, but, um, yeah, super excited to, to see where that goes. Um, polished off The Witcher, like the day it came out. I was ready to talk about it last week, no big deal. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to, to do an episode where we dive into that. I also watched James Bond, No Time to Die with my parents last night. And oh, boy. Wait, what? You guys rented it? We bought it on Amazon. Oh. 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 No one and, wanted to mention that? And boy, does that second act drag on a lot more than i expected it to watching it the first time i was like really why don't you tell it, me about it, it it blew right past that like, what the second act i don't even like remember it being that bad but watching it the second time i was like now that i know what happens that uh, we could skip all of this <laughs> uh, oh, and you f- that part where i was mentioning that it feels like a second movie yeah is what you're talking about yeah okay cool well let's let's leave it at that um brian do you have homework now that we own it so nice you can watch it I'm excited to and- finally quickly i'm just gonna find say, out what happens i'm i'm getting uh worse and worse and worse at this recommendation section because i am i need to start writing down what i watch again because i i genuinely uh can't remember anything you could do a piggyback recommendation of uh you know the matrix 
we just I just talked about it, and I definitely wouldn't recommend it. So, all right, um, all right. just thought I'd give you um, one more chance. Yeah, to I, resurrect um, your recommendation ability. I, don't I did want to say that Reputation. I think next week I'm going to send out um, a list of things for you guys to vote on, and we're going to do a best of 2021. If that sounds okay, I don't think we have any new releases best coming out. Podcast host Jeff Perry. Um, I don't think he's going to put you down as an option. Actually, oh. yeah, save it. So it's for rigged, next, is what you're saying. Save it for next week. But if you guys, if the two of you can think of anything that you like to be included in that, uh, let us let the other ones know. Um, and then if any of the fans uh, or listeners, I guess I should call you because I don't know if anyone would be a fan of the show, but you might listen to it at least. Um, want to uh, want to have your inclusion um, read out on here. Just uh, email us at cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com or at cleverkidspod on Instagram. Send me a message. Let me know what you'd like us to kind of rate our, or give you what our favorite was because there's a lot of things that we do watch and read and stuff that we don't talk about on the show. Mostly I don't because I forget what I'm reading or watching or listening to. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I think you guys have that to look forward to. Let us, let us know what you want and uh, we will definitely definitely do that so <laughs> so do it so do um all right oh yeah brian how are you doing on it? it's always sunny are you still watching it uh yeah yeah we're we're still kind of throwing it on this uh uh random break from the action when we're binging something else heavy um yeah still, it. still still fun um i'm i'm deep in season two or three uh three now i think okay so cool. sounds good enjoying it um all right guys let's wrap it up there Thank you, as always, for listening. Rate us on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us. It does help people find us, so we really appreciate that. And otherwise, uh, see you guys next week. Later, guys. Bye, guys.